in the next 60 minutes here on Newsnight. National food suppliers set to resume their indefinite occupation of the premises of the Buffer Stock Company, this time with their families and debtors, as a Greek minister fails to keep promise to begin paying the arrears from today. To come back with our family, families, we're coming back with our dependents, we're coming back with our creditors. It is going to be more massive than what um, we, we saw earlier. Also tonight, Lands Ministry fights back following minority allegations the Ministry, Police Service and the Ghana Armed Forces contract the services of land guards to retrieve and protect state lands. The Chief Director revealed shockingly, shockingly, that the Ministry has resorted to engaging a land guard. It is not only the Ministry that contracts the services of this land guard, but also the Ghana Armed Forces and the police. And in business, bulk oil distribution firms attribute fuel price increase to hikes in values of finished petroleum products on the international market. And in sports, following a 3-0 victory in Conakry, the women's senior national team's coach issues a warning against selfishness and complacency ahead of Tuesday's second leg Olympic Games qualifier against Guinea. And later, earth dams constructed under the One Village One Dam project in Bongo, Kasnandankana West, and Talensi districts, all in the Upper East region, dry up at least by January because the dams cannot hold enough water. So it was just like we, somebody got a consultancy job and wanted to do something different. And that something different ended up not being the best for us. And then later was Ghana's first president, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, a dictator. We have contrasting views from two of Nkrumah's children, Samia and Sekou. Any government of the day pushes through things which the opposition vehemently opposes. That they are, but so there was an opposition. There were but different they parties. They had, and no, they had no room there to was operate. Everything was I, I, I don't agree with you, but I guess people differ, even siblings. But, yeah. yeah. So. Looking forward to hearing from you, 55 That's the WhatsApp line. Now, the National Food Suppliers Association and their members have today served notice they will resume their indefinite occupation of the premises of the Buffer Stock Company on Thursday with their families and debtors if their monies are not paid. The group suspended an earlier action after the Education Ministry disclosed to leadership of the suppliers that it had made a total of 400 million CDs to the Buffer Stock Company as part of the uh, uh, arrears clearing measure uh, as of January 2023. The Greek minister, Brian Champon, assured them of payment of all their validated claims today. Listen. There's a promise that was given to Buffer Stock that by the 17th they will receive the set of payments that, uh, sorry, the request that they have made uh, to our financial authorities. That uh, request has been has been met. And, uh, and, and from the 17th, they, they will pay them if they have waited 
just about another 30 days, they will see that they would have received their money without um, an invitation to, to, to pick it. Well, today, the members showed up on the premises of the food buffer stock company. They met the chief executive officer, Haji Hanan Abdul Wahab, who told them he does not deal with an association, but rather with individuals. The buffer stock has not been friendly because he has told us that he doesn't want to deal with an organization. And this is unfortunate because this organization is refusing to deal with. It's just the same individual that he's interested to deal with, which are put together. So whether he deals with us as an individual or as an association, it is the money that we want paid. In any case, in any case, we are not asking that the buffer stock writes a check in the name of our association. We are asking that buffer stock pays the individual suppliers who are members of our association. So we do not require validation from the Greek minister. We do not require acceptance from him. We have, accept, we have accepted ourselves. We have come together as an association to project and fight for our interests. So whether he accepts or not, we, are, we don't really have a qualm about that. If after Thursday, we don't, rec- we don't receive our money, I want to bring to notice here that we will resume our picketing. And when we get there, we will not listen to any advice from any honorable member. So we come back with our family, families, we come back with our dependents, we come back with our creditors. It is going to be more massive than what um, we, we saw earlier. The whole of Thursday, we're bringing our bags, bringing everything to buffer stock. Failure to pay our money, we will sleep. Not failure to pay, but failure to pay in full. We will sleep till we get full settlement of our money. Let's get further clarity on this. Who speaks for the association and speaks for the food supplies joins us right now. Koku, thanks for time here on Newsnight. I recall the assurance by the minister on the same network on Top Story last week was that they will begin paying validated claims. Let me clarify this. Are any of your members, have they managed to get their claims validated since last week? Um, Good evening uh, to you and your listeners. Uh, my brother, the question of validation, we've gone, we've gone beyond the question of validation. The talk now is about the release of the money. Indeed, the minister... Well, when uh, you say you've gone beyond validation, do you mean your members, they've all validated their claims? Yes, that's right. what I'm saying is the discussions and engagement going on now has gone beyond validation. Validation, uh, what I mean by that, because what I mean by that is that the government has agreed and knows the how much it is paid, it is due, uh, it is uh, how much he's owing our members. That is not in conflict. The conflict is we've been given dates as to when our money will be paid, and those dates have not been fulfilled. Yeah, but they are was... not asking us to come for validation. Those processes have been satisfied. Now we the, the question is the money. The money has been long overdue. It's been it's been almost getting to two years, and that is a subject matter which. It's a matter of concern to the members. Yeah, but remember, you were on this same network last week when the Brent Champon, who is a great minister, joined, and it was very clear.
that payment will only go to those whose claims have been validated. I'm just asking for clarity. Have the I'm claims been validated? All the people and all the people have been validated. They have been validated. The amount they are claiming, they have been validated, and we have gone beyond those conversations. And and you went today to the premises of the food buffer company. From what I understand, you met with the chief executive. Is it the case that indeed told you he didn't deal with the association? Yes, of course. Um, we were there in the morning in our numbers uh, till one o'clock when we were invited into the office of uh, the chief executive. And uh, his issue was that he had not received money uh, for, 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 for him from, for us to, to also get. And that any time the money comes, it's going to let us know. And that... Um, <clears throat> His, uh, his, and we actually wanted to know how early uh, is he expecting the money to come. And he says within the week, but he cannot give a specific time as to when the money will get to his account. And so um, he also went on to say that uh, he doesn't deal with associations. He, he's dealing with individual members. And we are not. Uh, arguing as to who he deals with or who he doesn't deal with. As for us calling ourselves association, that is what, what we have decided to call ourselves. We have identified ourselves that government individually owes us, and we have come together to form an association to demand for our money. So whether the government deals with us as an association, we will be fine, or deal with us, as individuals, we'll be fine. At the end of it, or the same result is, is going to be, we're going to get the same result. So when he says you deal with individuals, have you checked with all your members to be absolutely certain that no one has started receiving funds? Yes, none. In fact, the the, the ministry, the buffer stock has confirmed. They have told us in a meeting today that the funds has not been released yet. You've said that on the back of this. It was the minister who first made the promise to you. Have you reached him at all? Yes, we went back to the, the minister today. Um, some of our members uh, were selected to go to see the minister. And according to the minister, he had released the money uh, later uh, later uh, this afternoon. And so the money would have been late in getting to buffer stock. And, so, and he showed some proof to indicates that indeed he has dispersed some money uh, to, ba uh, to buffer stock. Satisfied and with the proof so, you got? Second? You saw the proof, as you said. Satisfied yes, he that showed, with the he proof? showed letters to the effects of the, the disbursement he's made today. So hopefully, he says, by Wednesday or Thursday, um, we'll be getting some feedback. But our... We always want to drive home that we are expecting the full settlement of the money. And yet, you say, on Thursday, you're returning to occupy the premises of the Buffester Company, this time with your families and also with your debtors, although you've seen proof that payments have been made today? Uh, yes, you know, uh, yes, we've seen proofs and we've seen assurance, we've had assurances, but we cannot. Uh, we cannot have too much confidence in those assurances. You see, if you've not received the money yet, you, you don't have that confidence because we were told, and it was certain and reaffirmed on Monday by his, uh, by Honorable MP, Prime Champo, that today is going to be payment day. And so 
Some came in white. Um, there's um, there's, uh, there's uh, uh, one uh, woman from uh, Brongahako region. She came in white. They mean with so much hope and confidence that he's going to, she's going to settle her debtors today. That woman just gone back to sleep in a hotel, and she's going to be in that hotel for three days, and it is going to be at her cost. All those who came from Borga, all those who came from Wa are going to sleep in hotels today, and it's going to be the cost of the, of, the, of the people. And you see, this thing could have been avoided by simple communication to our secretary, who was invited earlier and promised of today. Our very secretary to the association acquired, which they are not willing to work with us, they, he was a very person who was invited and text messages were exchanged and he was given a date and he brought us today to the venue. The same association with the secretary went today and he was denied that recognition. So we, we've been going to the stress, we've been going to the so no communication was given to us. We had to assemble all these people at the cost of the association. And now, the shock of it, we're told we have to sleep till Wednesday. We have to wait till Wednesday. We're going to wait. We have been through all. I mean, two days away, um, we can endure. Kokoa um, Medume, thank you very much. And we checked with the Greek Ministry. Uh, they say they won't comment on this uh, for now, as you just had confirmed there by the spokesperson for the uh, the food suppliers. They've been shown evidence of payments made today, and so they wait till Wednesday. Uh, let's see what happens. So listen to News Nights on Joy 99.7 FM. Uh, tonight, the uh, Lands and Natural Resources Ministry is fighting back in the face of allegations that it has engaged the services of land gas to retrieve and protect state lands. It was a major revelation allegedly made by the Chief Director the Lands Ministry, uh, who is said to have told the Parliamentary Committee that the state indeed had engaged the services of the land guards. And this is according to MP for Tamale North, Ahasan Suhini, who told journalists at a press conference today uh, what he believed to be uh, the situation. Uh, we will hear from the Lands Ministry pretty shortly in a statement that had been issued. Um, the Ahasan Suhini makes the point that in return, these notorious land guards are paid with parcels of land. He claims that the deputy ranking member on the Lands and, and, and Forestry uh, Committee, uh, who he of, co of course doubles as, describes the arrangement as illegal and contrary to the Land Act and the Vigilantism and Related Offences Act. In a swift response, though, uh, we've heard from the Lands Ministry, who clarifies that this is a properly engaged uh, private contractor that had been, had been engaged by the state to engage in dealing with people we are encroaching on state lands. Kweku joins me in the studio with details, uh, parliamentary correspondent. Kweku, what is the nature of the allegations uh, that we've had uh, so far? But we are hearing today from the lands minister as well. Uh, did uh, Hassan Suhini provide any evidence to back these claims? Well, so Hassan Suhini says if the, the, the chief director of the ministry says that he hasn't done this, then they will have evidence to back it. But the initial allegation they make is that the lands ministry has engaged the services of a notorious and popular land guard in Accra to protect state lands. When in our engagements with the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources, the chief director revealed shockingly, shockingly, that the ministry has resorted to engaging a land guard to retrieve and protect government lands. And mind you, these are lands that are held on behalf of the people of Ghana, vested in the president to protect it. And I'm sure 
that the framers of the constitution are aware that the president is the commander-in-chief of the Ghana Armed Forces and is seized with the capacity to ensure that these lands are protected for our, you know, communal use. And that is why the lands are vested in the president. And the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources is the ministry taxed with the responsibility of overseeing these lands. So for the ministry to tell us the lack of capacity of the state to protect these lands that are you know, put in trust, but to resort to, you know, the services of people whose activities have been outlawed for the protection of this land came to us as a surprise. We have therefore demanded from the ministry the terms and conditions of that unholy relationship between the ministry and this land guard or his institution. Because clearly, we cannot pass laws that we do not intend and again, when we pass laws to sanitize any area or development in our country, we do not expect the state to be the first to break those laws. But he also alleges that this goes beyond allegedly the Lands and Natural Resources Ministry, that the state agencies were also engaged in the services of private contractors. Yes, indeed. Alassane Suhini says, according to this chief director, that the police and the military are also engaging the set services of this, uh, of this land guard. The other shocking part of this revelation was that, according to the chief director, it is not only the ministry that contracts the services of this land guard, but also the Ghana Armed Forces and the police depend on the services of this land guard to protect lands that are under their care. And so if the Ghana Armed Forces and the police cannot protect their own lands and have to resort to the use of land guards. What is the faith of the common Ghanaian who wants to acquire land and is faced with the challenge of land guards? And what was again scandalous was the revelation by the chief director that this person that is engaged, that this person that is engaged actually has a setup that the state cannot compete with. A, a, a setup that the state cannot compete with. According to the chief director, he has his own media that ensures that whatever he does, rightly or wrongly, is not exposed for public scrutiny. He has his own members of the judiciary, and so he gets away with whatever law he may have broken in the process of retrieving and protecting land. He has his own security that he deploys on these lands when he retrieves them. And at the end of the day, he comes to sit down with the ministry and he informs the ministry of the cost that he has incurred. And Kweku, so today we're now hearing uh, from the Lands Ministry. In fact, in the last few minutes, I've seen a statement from the uh, Ghana Forces. Armed Forces as well. But let's start with the Lands Ministry. Right. What is your so, response to this? So, so this Lands Ministry statement is actually signed by the same chief director that Suhini references. It says that the ministry would like to set the record straight that government and for that matter the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources does not contract the services of land guards in its operations. However, the ministry, through its agency, Lands Commission, legally engaged the services of INOC Holding Limited, a registered limited liability company, to assist in reclaiming encroached government lands. This engagement has been in effect since 2012. That means this engagement predates this NPP government. And But they're also very categorical yeah. that the government, and by extension, the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources, uh, 
employs legal processes to reclaim all encroached state lands, just yeah. for the avoidance of doubt. Yeah. In the last uh, few minutes, we've also seen a statement uh, from the Ghana Armed Forces. Right. What is it that the, the Ghana Armed Forces they, say? They say that it is unimaginable that the Ghana Armed Forces cannot protect its own lands, but rather indulge in illegality by relying on the services of land guards, a proscribed activity. The Armed Forces deem it regrettable that such reports are completely in the in the in the news they also take on alasan suhini who made this allegation and says that at least he should have taken steps to verify this they call that the media should ignore these false claims from him they say that they wish to once again urge the media to resort to the to the department of public relations to clarify such stories but clearly at this critical time their focus is geared towards protecting the frontiers of our country against the downward spread of violent extremism from the Sahel region and the least institutions expects issues that distract us from protecting the country. And let's speak to a man who understands uh, these things quite deeply. He's a landlord expert. Uh, Kwame Jan joins us on the telephone line right now. Mr. John, thanks for your time here on News Night. Um, so the allegation is this was a briefing that the, uh, the Lands and Forestry Committee in Parliament got from the Chief Director in the Lands uh, and Natural Resources Ministry's statement they state that they engaged the services of Inok Holdings Limited, a registered limited liability company, to assist in reclaiming encroached government lands. Uh, and this engagement has been in effect since 2012. What do you make of this? Uh, I am not privy to the, 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 the information that the chief director gave to um, the parliamentary committee. But... Uh, this this matter has come up before. The whole question about whether the state or agencies and instrumentalities of the state can engage private sector actors to protect government lands or sorry state lands or remove encroaches from state lands. This is not a new thing. Um, for from the period about 2003 all the way to 2011 to towards 2012, I was the legal advisor at the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. And, uh, you know, the law is clear on what the state can do and what the state cannot do. And let me also say that the, the, the question of encroachments or trespassing on public lands is not a new phenomenon in this country. Um, I don't know when you were born, but in 1974, um, the National Redemption Council, headed by Kenela Champon, in 1974, passed legislation called the Public Lands into Brackets Protection Decree, which is now known as the Public Lands Protection Act, 1974, NRCD 240. This piece of legislation in its section three is very clear that where there are trespasses on public land, the authorities, which includes the lands ministry, the lands commission, and state entities that are vested with custodianship of lands. For example, state housing corporation, which is now state housing company, TDC and so on. These entities are allowed 
by Section 3 to either take steps themselves to remove trespasses or appoint duly authorized agents to do so on their behalf. So, so far as I am concerned, if the Ministry of Lands has a contract with a private sector actor to remove trespasses or encroaches from government lands, there is legal backing for that. What about the police, though? Because you have a state agency like the police empowered to enforce the law. They should surely be the first point of reference. Uh, the, the law that I referred you to was passed in 1974. And when we were working on the Land Act, um, we put virtually all the existing law on the table for those that have to be modified to be modified and those that have to be repealed to be repealed. But it looks like when this piece of legislation came up, the consensus was that it should remain in the statute books. So the law is in the statute books. If we think that we are not comfortable with the law, we take steps as a country to deal with it. But as we are speaking, that's the law. Where and it is on, on the statute books. With your expertise, is it time to review that law? Um, so we have to go back to the principles that are set out in our constitution in Article 106 relating to what, what is the mischief in the existing law. If there is mischief in the existing law, let's identify the mischief and take steps to make provisions to revise the existing law, to address the mischief. The law is not taking away the authority to, deal, to, to, for example, involve the police. The law is simply saying the authority or a duly authorized agent of the authority. So, I mean, we have to look at where is the mischief. The law is not precluding the use of the police or other security agencies. The private sector actor could be an alternative. So if but, but, we but, but, think but, but, that we want to abolish all possibilities of private sector actors joining in this effort, then we have to do so. The, the public interest but, question it, it arises because you, you have a private sector actor who the state agency will have to pay to protect their state land or deal with encroachers. Yet, you also have a police. You would spend a penny on that. Um, to get who says so? Because they are already uh, existing. Uh, uh, to, to uh, do who exactly says you won't spend a penny, a penny on the police? Will, will you? If the when when we were in the Minister of Lands, if you needed the soldiers and the police to come in, you think they would just come? Do they have a budget for coming to do that kind of exercise. You, you mean the military I mean, will need to pay the police? You can't just walk to the military or the police and say, we are going to a, a government site at Ajen Kotoku, so let's go. And they just would move. But, 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 that, but that surely can't be right, that the, a ministry is paying the police to enforce the law? No, but you, you know all the resource constraints of the country. I mean, you are like, hey, you are, anyway, have you worked in the public service before? No, I haven't. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you have worked in the public service before, you understand these things. 
You understand these things. Yeah, but, uh, but you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you would concede that the fact that it happens doesn't make it the right thing to do. That you yes. are paying the there, police there, and the There military. are many things that happen in this country. All of us know they are not right. And the reason we all virtually accept is that we have to accept. Now, there are so many things going on in this country. All of us, if we need that, that change we have been talking about, then it, we have to go back to the drawing board and fix so many of these things. And I, I've been saying on, on, on your programs and elsewhere, I mean, we have come to a stage in the country where talk alone can't achieve anything. Leah Kwame John, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for your thoughts on this. What do you make of uh, this issue? 055 uh, uh, Still ahead, Ed Dams constructed under the One Village, One Dam project in the Bongo, Kasna, Nankana West, and Talingsi districts, all in the Upper East region, dry up at least by January because the dams cannot hold enough water. We, somebody got a consultancy job and wanted to do something different. And that something different ended up not being the best for us. And is it taking you years to secure an ECG meter for your house or shop? The power distributor says availability of money, cash, is difficult to come by. It's making it extremely hard for you to acquire and make them available to you. Andy, what is preventing you from buying more meters? Money. 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 We lack so the... Why don't you allow the private people to buy it? That, so, so that will be PURC. I don't know check. Details of that plus more after business. Hello, George. Hi, events and uh, coming up in business. Uh, Ghana is set to finalize format for restructuring external debt under the G20 common frame uh, members. And also we hear from the bulk uh, distribution firms who are attributing the adjustment in fuel prices to hikes in the values of finished petroleum products on the international market. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Alliance Life and Ghana Pay. So the projections from the first quarter show a higher total gross profit for the fiscal year. A bit me a say Nana, who's not land you? He did a port ID. A bit me a here are your items. Thank you for coming. A bit me a kasase Yes, two for ten CD. Me no ten CD. Two for ten CD. However you do business, wherever you do business, MTN Business has a solution for you. Join us on 14th July at the Kumasi Mall and 28th July at the Rollins Park in Accra Central to learn how to do more and stay ahead of the park. Visit mtn.com.gh slash business or call or WhatsApp 0244-308111 for inquiries. It's time to scale up this July with MTN. 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 Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. 
Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUST Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627-92. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Flamingo Paint has superior properties than any other paint brand on the market? Listen, when you take one bucket of Flamingo Paint, it's equal to several buckets of any paint brand on the market. So, Flamingo has superior hiding properties, superior coverage, it means it covers, and superior durability. Flamingo Paint, superior hiding. Flamingo Paint, superior coverage. Flamingo Paint, superior durability. Flamingo Paint, simply superior. Luxurious affordable living is your right, and no one understands it better than BOT Properties. BOT Properties specializes in modern residential buildings and commercial office spaces. Our properties include the Equator, a 12-story made up of over 100 apartments near Accra Mall. At the Equator Courts, we offer you the deluxe living experience with our top-of-the-range homes, high-quality homes built with style and precision to suit your lifestyle. The Equator Courts is a gated community with two story four-bedroom detached houses at Obojo East Legon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi East Legon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumasi. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. No matter your water needs, Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana, and now introduces the customer specs order, which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. So, whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0. 244-335-168 Kumasi 0505-555-666 or visit SyntexGH.com Syntex Tank A year strong A year tough Sambisan <laughs> 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 
you welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, Ghana is yet to finalize the format for restructuring its external debts under the G20 Common Framework supervised by the IMF government. Earlier this year, reached a deal with its creditors that they are committed to restructuring the external debts. However, with few months to Ghana's first IMF program review in September this year, there is no communication from government on whether a deal has been reached. Director of Communications of the IMF, Julia Kozak, has been speaking at a press briefing in Washington, D.C., USA, and has been given an update on these negotiations. Uh, the program has three key objectives, restoring macroeconomic stability, ensuring debt sustainability, and laying the foundations for higher and more inclusive growth. The program includes wide-ranging reforms to build resilience while protecting the most vulnerable. In terms of the next steps on debt restructuring, they are for the official creditor committee to agree with the authorities on specific modalities of debt relief and for the authorities to continue to engage with their external private creditors for relief on their external debt. In the meantime, the government is finalizing the restructuring of its uh, domestic debt. The formal first review mission will take place in the fall. Director of Communications at the IMF, Julia Kozak, speaking at a press briefing in Washington, D.C., USA, giving us an update on the next step for Ghana's negotiations with the external creditors. The bulk of distribution firms has attributed the increase in fuel prices at the pumps to hikes in prices of finished petroleum products on the international market. It's coming after some of the oil marketing firms link the increment to external factors, despite the fact that the Ghana city has been fairly stable since last month. There is more in this report. The bulk oil distribution firms have told Joy Business that they were forced to increase the price at which they sell products to the oil marketing firms because the price on the international market had also gone up. This was influenced by price of finished petroleum products between June 27 to July 11, 2023. They also argued that during the period under review, price of crude oil also went up marginally due to cuts in price of crude oil production by oil exporting giants like Saudi Arabia. The bulk oil maintained that based on this development, it was difficult not to have increased fuel prices locally. Checks by Joy Business showed that prices have been up by 10 to 15 pesos per liter based on the quote by the top three oil marketing firms in the country. That is Goyal, Shell and Total Energies. But looking at the current challenges facing the economy, one is not sure how this could impact on the transport fares going forward as well as the general price levels of goods and services. And that is a business tax report. Meanwhile, some industry experts have argued that government can still do something to deal with these hikes in prices of petroleum products. The executive secretary of the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, Duncan Amo, had earlier maintained that government could consider removing some taxes on petroleum products.
products. Let's still stay in the sector because some industry watchers have described the significant increase in the Delhi crude production at the Jubilee Field for this year as good for the sector and the economy. Talu Oil today announced that Delhi production has exceeded 100,000 barrels for this year after the Jubilee Southeast project came on board. The production has hit an all-time low over the years due to some technical challenges and unfavorable policy measures by government. Benjamin Boache is the executive director at the Africa Center for Energy Policy and is one of those industry experts that we have been engaging. Particularly in this hard economic time where government revenues are constrained and we're looking for you know, additional sources of revenue, that could be a game changer for the economic situation that we're in. So to that extent, it's, it's good news. But again, these are early days. We we'll have to also look at what has gone into bringing up you know, extra 30,000 barrels of oil. We thought about $4 billion have already been spent to carefully look at what that means for cash flow for Ghana. You know, if they have to offset that kind of investment, then how much are we looking for year-on-year basis? Those are dynamics that we will we'll have to look into in the coming days. Benjamin Boache is the executive director at the Africa Center for Energy Policy, one of those experts that we've been picking their thoughts on development on the Jubilee field. A banking and finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School, Dr. Benjamin Amwa, is asking dollar bonds and cocoa build holders to trade cautiously over proposals to exchange their papers for new bonds. Government last week launched what some are describing as the second round of the debt exchange program to restructure almost 18 billion Ghana cities worth of bonds. But Dr. Amwa says a lot more investors are still worried looking at how the first exchange program was carried out. It is up to the individuals to take a decision as to whether they may want to exchange them for the new ones or hold on to get what they were promised. The same applies to the, the dollar denominated bonds. Mm. Again, it's up to the holders to decide to exchange it for the new ones or to hold on. But then the, the whole thing is this. You need to look at what has happened to the holders of this same instrument when we went through the domestic debt exchange program. And then use that as a lesson to advise yourself as to whether you want to hold on or you want to take advantage of the offer that the government is bringing. Banking and finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School, Dr. Benjamin Amwa. Let's turn our attention to the stock market. And if you had invested on the general market returns, now stands at a little over 17%. However, if you restricted your investment in financial stocks, it's gone down by 17%. And that's all for Business on Newsnight. Back to you, Evans. And George, thank you very much. And, and George, uh, I'm pretty sure you're looking forward to PM Express later. Definitely uh, even. We are talking about the sweeping uh, amendments that Parliament is making to yeah. its standing orders. There are a few things that even for you, you'd be interested <laughs> the in. The Budget uh, Committee. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, one thing I'll say that when it comes to this country, we're good at putting in place the laws and all those things. But implementation sometimes is a big challenge. We have laws already in place that should even censure the minister when there's an overrun of our budget. But what happens? So, rather, let's get to work rather than... But the interesting thing there is that it's <laughs> going to be chaired by the opposition party. So, it gives them a bit of bite. They don't have a skin in the game when it yeah. comes to the government. Yeah. And so, the, the thinking there is that then gives them a bit more incentive to hold the government of the day accountable and to hold their feet to the fire. 
uh, will that work is a whole different yeah. conversation. But but generally, you get the sense that the, the, the parliament is amending its rules to give a bit more power to the opposition parties because they're not only going to chair this committee, they also chair the appointments committee. Yeah. So so you have a situation going forward where the appointments committee that will approve the president's mm. nominee will be chaired by a member of the, the public accounts party. committee is chaired by an opposition it is. MP. What it has is. happened? Uh, you well, know, but, but uh, now that, NDCs are the other true. side. Not, not as important as the appointments <laughs> committee, by the way. So that is interesting. <laughs> but then also, uh, the parliament has given itself a bit more power to also scrutinize the independent uh, mm. institutions and, and bodies like the EC mm. that raises concerns. For example, mm. the people have raised the concern that this may interfere in the independence of the Electoral Commission. Yeah. Parliament says no way. So we're, we're going to be interrogating but, but, that. And, and, even one quick question I want you to ask is that, you know, some have also argued that true independence of Parliament will happen when that portion of the Constitution is reviewed so that the President is not empowered to appoint majority, or if I'm right, it's ministers from parliament. But some also say that they need that fusion as well. Yeah, well so true dependence is that don't allow any MP to be a minister and let you all. Well, that's happen. a whole different conversation. <laughs> but uh, my, my guest will join me later tonight. The sweeping changes to parliament standing orders, the constitutional test. You want to join us as we yeah. dissect all the proposed changes. Uh, Dr. John Osai Kwapon is a political scientist and CDD fellow. Will join us. Dr. Rashid Draban, executive director of the African. Center for Parliamentary Affairs and Roxane Nelson Dafiamekbo is a constitutional legal and parliamentary affairs committee member will also uh, join us for that com conversation. Um, you also want to join us uh, for that conversation and I have your views pretty shortly. But first, let's go to the Upper East region. Ed Dams constructed under the One Village One Dam project in Bongo, Kasnandankana, West and Talingsi district, all in that part of the country, dry up at least by January because the dams cannot hold enough water. Farmers told Joy News they leave the water for their animals to drink and are unable to farm during the dry season as the program was originally designed to deliver on, on that exactly. In the first of two parts hotline documentary titled Thirsty Dams, features editor Jojo Cobbana reports that farmers are pleading with the government to coerce contractors to return to the sites and do a better job. The documentary airs today at 8.30 p.m. If you missed it on the Super Morning Show earlier today, uh, it will be on the Joy News channel. We bring you excerpts. Water to the northerner is like blood. When we have water, we can do a lot of things for ourselves. And without it, unemployment, poverty, and famine. To escape, many young people travel down south for supposed greener pastures. The NPP government provided a solution. One village, one dam. The dam candidate and then the vice, the running mates, visited a chief in one of these villages and met the women digging the ground with their bare hands for water. So when they saw that, they said, well, when we come to power, we will provide you with water that can be better than what you are using your bare hands to construct. And that is how come the promise of one village Wanda. I'm saying every village, Wanda. One village, Wanda. Policy appeal to the people in the northern regions. If the government came here and told us that they will be giving us dump, 
And our people assure them that if they give them them, they also, they also let them laugh. And really, you can ask our assemblyman, and even ask the MPP people what uh, this community did for them. They voted massively for them. It was a political promise that won the hearts and minds of the people. The dams should make it possible for farmers to farm all year round and break the cycle of waiting for the rains before cultivation. It was the reason why the people of Bongo sang and danced till they became drenched in sweat. When the president cut salt for the implementation of the project. We have begun the One Village, One Dam initiative. And you here in Bongo can see for yourself that we have begun the initiative. It is our intention that Bongo alone will get 10 dams this year. 570 are being built. You heard the minister across the three northern regions. And Bongo constituency alone is going to get 10 out of that 570. This campaign promise has been fulfilled. Well, but not quite. Dam always take us two months to dry up. Only two months. Only two months. October, November. The water dry up. November, like this, and you see our pepper farm. You will like it. But where? No water again. My name is Jojo Kobinan. It has been five years since the dams were constructed. My job here is simple. Find out how the dams are serving the people as it should and what concerns the people have. I hope governments will use the findings in this documentary to improve the current state of the dams. Now, let's backtrack to Kasana Nankana West District in the Upper East Region in the town of Kajalo in 2019. Months after the Kajalo Dam was constructed, the embankment of the dam broke. It could not hold water. Before we realized, within 30 minutes, there was a disaster. The, the, the bank of the river was washed away by this heavy rain, which as a result was a shoddy work, as identified by committee members from day one. Farmers abandoned their plants before harvest because the dam had dried up. The water is not enough. We just use one day in a week. So that, that's, that's why it curate this time. And so we are managing the water. Because of that, uh, 
the water is still there. And today that, uh, yesterday that, we finished the water. So we don't have enough water. So we have to leave the gardens there. The assemblyman for the area, Hillary, recommended that the contractors should deepen and widen the dam. I believe that about 500 people will benefit, will benefit from this particular dam if government comes to increase or expand this particular dam. Had broken, the farmers decided not to do dry season farming again. It is 2023 and residents of Kajalo are still wearing long faces. They have been idle for more than four months. The dam could not hold water and dried up at the end of January. The ground is dry, scorched and patched, more like shattered glass. The heat is so intense that it has formed a mirage from a distance. Donkeys make their way to the dam in search of water, but they could not even find a single drop. Residents tell me that many young people in the community have migrated for supposed greener pastures. The fact of the matter is that as long as the water doesn't last, the people don't want to stay. Others travel and go to other places to find a daily break due to the water. That's just the fact. Some go to the bush and then other go for um, other cut firewoods, other to other places found for people so that they will get something to eat. If the government had compelled the contractor to fix the concerns of the people in 2019, this current situation may have been avoided. By God's grace and with the will of the people of this country, NPP is coming back to, to, to rule this country, then we'll do the rest and more. So we cannot say we'll do maybe 1,000, uh, 10,000, but we are doing 560 for a start and it's, it's up to 2020. I believe by early next year, all these dams will be completed. And I know by the time they will complete with the whole features of the, 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 the earth dam, everybody will come to realize that it's, it's something that needed to be done. So I am satisfied for now, even though it's not completed. But I know at the end of it, everything will, will be completed fully as expected. The only problem here was that covering officials visited the Upper East region when the dams had just collected water and not during the dry season. Dry season is the best time for governments to properly assess the effectiveness of the dam. The purpose of the dam is for the irrigation. And irrigation mostly is done in the dry season, where water is mostly needed. And we don't get water at that time. So for us, we, we feel a little bit disappointed when it comes to uh, the one village, one dam. Hillary says his people have not been able to farm all year round. And he reiterated the same recommendation. Two things, that they should let it go down a bit, then expand it so that a lot of water will be there. There is a waterway, and we believe that a lot, a lot of water is coming into the dam, and if it's full, it will spill out. So we want the dam to go down and also to be expanded. The youth of Kajalo gather to find ways of improving the dam to enable them farm all year round. But who will build the cats? Mm -hmm.
None of them has enough money to rent an excavator and improve the dam. Plus, we were trying to see if we can connect a machine from Tono Dam to this uh, dam. But finally, finally, when we got to realize the transportation of the water from Tono Dam to this one, we can't afford it. So we just ignore. The eagerness of the farmers of Kajalo to till the land in the dry season is palpable. They would have to wait for the gathering of the clouds before they do so. The things we always discuss is how are we going to do so that this dam will establish or they will establish to the extent that we will be using the water so that it would live for us. These are some of the things that and the challenge that we are facing. The policy was brought. Nobody was consulted. You were just being in your community. They would tell the assemblyman where your community is benefiting from one village, one dam. Nobody saw the design. And I don't want to think that the, those who did the design didn't know that there were other better designs of dams around. Because if you go to the Irrigation Development Authority, there are several designs, and that one was not part of it. So it was just like we, somebody got a consultancy job and wanted to do something different. And that something different ended up not being the best for us. And you don't want to miss the full documentary airing at 8.30 p.m. on the Joy News channel. If you missed it on the Super Morning Show earlier today, it's not time for sports. And Ms. Bao is here with the very latest. Hello, Ms. Bao. Yes. What's up? I'm uh, hoping that you say that uh, we've confirmed uh, Onana and he's Ah, it's very close, very close. Uh, it very close for the last I mean, latest year. by Wednesday. By Wednesday, I mean, Manchester United should confirm, um, you know, uh, Andrew Onana as the new player. Of course, Arsenal have confirmed Declan Rice. And so... Uh, that's the next biggest transfer we are definitely I mean, looking forward to. Very yeah, 105 me. million pounds yeah. they paid for the Clan Rice. But it's about the Black Queens, and they are set to take on Guinea in the second leg of the first round of qualifiers for the 2024 Olympic Games. So remember, in the first leg, they won by three goals to nil, and uh, they've started training session ahead of the game tomorrow, the Craspo Stadium, where the head coach, Nora Hapto, has been cautioning against complacency and selfishness on the side of the players to ensure that they get the job done completely. Yeah, so that's uh, uh, Nora Hoptel, and uh, she she says that the team needs to stay focused because the job is not completely done. And uh, she's been speaking at a pre-conference before the game. First, we have um, very good players in. It's to work to have the international players in, uh, like Porsche with, with their qualities. Um, it makes it much easier for a coach then also to implement the playing idea. We always work, um, we just build a powerhouse. So on the basic, it's always our values. Tomorrow it's very important also that we stay humble, that we are very selflessness, uh, that we don't start now to play for the, only for the crowd. It's the togetherness, all those basic values. Um, then we add on, on this base some principles we work on. Principles are always everlasting. So that's uh, Nora Hoptel. Of course, last time Black Queens made it to the Olympics was way back in 2007. The game is at uh, Craspore Stadium tomorrow, 4 p.m., and they will bring you up to speed on what happens. We're about for sports, and of course, brought to you by Pepsodent Hairball and Chaco. And Pepsodent, every smile matters. Thank you very much. Now, he's loved by many for his role in Ghana's independent struggle, setting the country on an industrialization path, and championing the pan African agenda. They are those who, however, see him as a dictator 
and question what Dr. Kwame Nkrumah's legacy really is. The debate is not exclusive to academics and other members of society. Two of his children, Samia and Sekou Nkrumah, also disagree on what their father exactly stood for and what his legacy should be. Nkrumah introduced the one-party state. Nkrumah became life president. These are facts. It's not what you read. And I'm saying that that is dictatorial, but I'm saying it's because of his ideas of that socialist path for our development, not only for Ghana, but Africa. So, so we, said because for him it was a path to development. Yes, he was a Marxist intellectual and he, was, he chose the socialist path. We can't redefine Nkrumah's That's what I'm saying, but so it's dict- it was dictatorial. But it doesn't mean that it's wrong because that was his philosophy. And people have their philosophy. As today, we have a multi-party system. That's Western, inherited from the Western system. Nkrumah was against that. He didn't believe. He developed a point where he realized socialism is the past. So what I'm saying for us to understand his greatness... That's why everything was pushed through parliament today. Not Western democracy. That's a different kind of democracy. Every legislation, everything he he promoted was done through parliament. This is a man who won three with his party. So you three elections. with the word dictatorial. Strongly, strongly, because it, because he it's the manner in which he introduced most of his his policies. Oh, everything actually was pushed through Parliament. So he used constitutional means, and we can check the records. You know, so are we saying that today, when the, any government of the day pushes through things which the opposition vehemently opposes, opposition. that there they are was de- no opposition then? But so there was opposition. an opposition. There were but different they parties. They had, no, they had no room there to operate. There was a referendum. Everything I, was I, I, pushed I don't agree with you, but I guess people differ, even yeah. siblings. But, yeah. yeah. So. Interesting indeed. You want to catch that uh, full interaction between the two siblings. Uh, on the back of the reopening of the Nkrumah Mausoleum, uh, you know that refurbished Kwame Nkrumah Mausoleum, beautiful place. You want to go there. But the full interaction between the siblings is on the AM show tomorrow, and you don't want to miss that. Also, uh, you can catch the, the reasons why you've been struggling to get an ECG meter. Uh, details of that is also on myjournalline.com because the ECG boss has been uh, before the Public Accounts Committee today and has been explaining that the ECG simply hasn't got the money to bring the meters in. That's it for Newsnight tonight. And just before we go, uh, two quick messages uh, from you listening in. Uh, this one from Citizen Ampons says, uh, Please, Evans, you know our country, Ghana, any allegations will never be accepted by those at the helm of affairs. However, it is an open secret that Langards are working for all these institutions covertly and subtly. And a final one on the subject of the Langards says uh, uh, Evans, Langards are not private sector actors when it comes to land issues because they apply violence and takashi. Let's use the police to handle our land issues. Solomon in Kumasi sent us that one. And up next is That's My Opinion. And guess the question today.